Hello and welcome to the Pondify podcast. I am not Matt Squirrel. That has to be said. Today you have Nigel Warner leading this Pondify podcast and I have two wonderful guests with me. First of all, there is Benita. Hello. And Kwesi. Hello. And I feel very blessed to have you. Thank you for coming on and it's really good to see you. So today our topic is how do we build a community of grace now whether that's always our topic because i've no idea where we're going to go in this because we have so much we could potentially talk about okay no what i'm going to ask you is very simply could you tell us who you are what you do and how you came to faith okay i'll go first i'm benita and i'm married to kwesi for the past 15 years now i'm originally from the caribbean a small island called Dominica. So I came to faith just before moving to the UK. I was brought up a Catholic, had my first communion, confirmation. But when I was like about maybe 15, 16, I started to question a few things that I, I felt that I knew about from the Bible, but I didn't see it. So I started questioning things. And from then started going to church with my auntie and my uncle on the days that I could when I was allowed to and after school I decided to start going with my friend so really I came to faith in a very odd way but I'll explain what how odd it was in the Caribbean we would usually have what we call open open air crusades so it'd be an outdoor visiting preacher from America or from other countries and they would come and they'd have this open air crusade where you would have lots of music, preaching, but at the end, there'll be an, always be an altar call. Now that altar call, everyone knows what time it's coming. So if you felt that you didn't want to become a Christian, you want to be born again, you would disappear literally <laughs> during that time. So that was regular, you disappear for altar call. But my disappearing on that day was disappearing to way back on a wall under a tree. And that's where I sat on my own. But I could hear the altar call from that distance. But it talked about somebody under the tree. So I knew that God was calling me from where I was. And that's when I gave my life to Christ. And, and from then on, it wasn't all perfect. But I had made that conscious decision that the things that I did and the decision that I made had to be or try. I tried as much as to be in line with the things of God. So my grandparents knew that I was old enough to go to different churches. So they allowed me to um, go to church with my friend. Sometimes I'd go on the weekend and spend time with them, go to her church. And that's how I went to church. Yeah. And that was for a short while just before I moved to the UK. That's amazing. That's great. Thank you. Kwesi. So my similar background as Catholic, I was brought up Catholic most of my childhood. And so... When I was mid-teens, so I think I was 14 or so, moved to a Presbyterian school. So a Catholic boy would go to a Presbyterian school. So whereabouts in the world was that? That was in Ghana. Thank so I was you. brought up in Ghana. And in Ghana, I went to a Presbyterian school. And that's when my second day in a Presbyterian school as a Catholic boy, somebody shared the gospel of Jesus and I got born again. And that was the story. Um, so yeah, it was quite interesting. And that's how I came to faith. And did you, uh, how old were you when you came to the UK? So I came to the UK after my GCSEs. Um, so I was 16. And um, so 
from after my GCSEs, I yeah I went to sixth form in the UK, but I'd I'd come to faith before I came to the UK at that time. And how old were you when you came to the UK, Benita? I was nineteen, just going to be twenty. Okay, and as I understand it, you both lived in London. Yep. Yep. Okay, so what was life like in the UK? For you it was different life was completely different it was cold for one <laughs> and i was used to very nice hot sun it, it was cold it was different for me i had to find a job and so on in terms of faith and following christ i went to church with my mom so my mom already attended a christian church when i moved so actually i went to church the same sunday like the following sunday I was in church which is where i met crazy he was there that sunday but <laughs> i didn't see him <laughs> Yeah, so I went to church with my mum. And And did you go, what church, whereabouts was the church? So we were in a a Pentecostal church in East End of London in Walthamstow. So that Benita's mum was already part of the church and I was a part of the church before she came to join us in the church. It was a lovely church. Okay, so what was your experience of Christian community? Yeah in that church and I guess before as well but yeah. what was your experience of Christian community I think it's a it was a, an amazing experience I would say because the the community of that church was a black majority church but it was a a, a church which was led by a white Australian and but it was black majority church and it was multicultural in the sense that there were various Afro-Caribbeans, various cultures mixed in the church. But it had a church whose basis and foundation was built on the Acts chapter 2 model of breaking bread and doing everything together. So it's, it was strong in fellowship. Okay. And that was our experience of community. So we did everything together. And as a result of that, there was a lot of cross-cultural relationships because of that which is very different to my experience of community which is very white british middle class south of england you went to church you said how are you i'm fine shake hands like a wet fish and then get on with your life i'm trying to think of the right way to ask the questions because i don't really know what questions to ask Mm. it's very interesting that when i was praying and thinking about how we talk about this the passage i chose was the acts 2 passage Now, I suspect we have a pretty different foundational understanding of what that is, but actually I suspect we've come to a place where we're pretty similar to our understanding of what that is. So perhaps I should read the passage out? Is that okay? And we'll talk about the passage. So the passage I looked at is, if you've got your Bible at home, then you can look it up now. It's Acts 2, beginning at verse 42, and I'm reading from the New International Version because that's what's on my computer. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So what does that passage mean to you, Benita? So when reading this, it talks about how Christians would live out their Christianity within the church and with other 
Christians. Some of it is quite easy to do, looking at it. You can, oh, I can do this. Yes, I can break bread. Selling all my possessions to share, that's a bit more difficult. And I think that some of it, it has to be contextualized at the time maybe it was written, whereas we are all within the same church. You live Takeley or not Takeley, but wherever you live, Braintree, Braintree. We live in Thorley. You might live somewhere else. We all live different places, but we, the commonality that we have, we're a community of God and we're in this church. Now, I'm thinking um, that with, in terms of the possessions, it's a matter of all of us being able to have something, recognizing that if you have a need, how can I meet your need? Not necessarily I've got to sell my house to give you the proceeds, but do you have a need? Does Mark have a need? Does Dudley have a need? Is there a place for meeting needs? That's the way I see it. The breaking of bread, that in itself, sometimes it can be probably the Lord's Supper, but not necessarily. It could be just... By that you mean communion. Communion, but it might mean... It, I think it has different meanings. I think what my experience, experience of... You ask about my community experience in our first church, and why I emphasize on the Acts 2 was that this was the concept of fellowship was really drummed in in our experience of where we met and i remember clearly that most people joined the church and they met to realize they've not just joined the church they've joined the fellowship and that was very i remember that point and, and because of that so our relationships were built around fellowship our relationships about eating in each other's house our homes was just open every sunday you get somebody coming to your home for food the breaking of bread that was normal and it's not planned it was it can be spontaneous so you can come to church and somebody say come to can you come over for lunch today and because we're young all of us were young and so it was quite unique and that made it easier for new members to join like that's daily people who are being saved join the fellowship you feel there was something some commonality in 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 that sense did you have new people joining a lot very much for what reasons so the way new people were joining a lot is because of the model of outreach the model of outreach was very young people orientated every single sermon irrespective of the type had an auto call there was i would probably say there was uh, a radical approach to up to seeing people long people get saved they, you're not left alone people will ask you in have you given your life to jesus christ you not leave the church <laughs> if you're a newcomer before without anyone asking you that question absolutely yeah. not you can't escape and it's unique and I've, i don't think i've seen that a lot but that was the experience we had we've got the word grace hmm. how did you see grace expressed how did you receive grace in that context yeah that's a that's a so grace is a gift and i think you grace in the sense that people see you as a child of god as if you come to faith in that sense they lavish the love and grace of god to you in that context you are welcomed, you are not judged, and so forth. So it was very, very welcoming in a sense. And and it was unconditional. 
in, uh, that, in that sense. I think that the, the caveat was that the, I realized, and over the years you realize that the concept was intentional in that church. And it's, and because I got into, I got into leadership in that church, I understood why it was intentional in a sense. Everything and atmosphere was created to create an, uh, an intentionality to get people to be welcoming in a fellowship in a sense. Yeah. I'm, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, so the way I think about it as well, obviously we have received God's grace unconditionally. We didn't ask for it. We didn't do anything for it. We've got it. And I think that phrase that goes, freely you receive that grace, freely you give. I think in the church we were, that was quite expressed there quite heavily, in other words, that we loved people. They felt love. It's not a matter of saying I love you or I love, no, they actually felt like they loved, they felt like they wanted to come back. They felt like there's something there that they want. They wanted. There is like a hope. So we've shown them how we are in Christ and who Christ is and they can experience it for themselves and we help them to ex- experience Christ as well. So I think with that, grace in itself has been shown. We have received grace and then we can also pour out that grace unto other people. And I think that was quite common in where we were. And that's a little bit of difference. It's a bit of difference of where we've been from and where we are today. So you mentioned quite mm-hmm. strongly intentional grace, the yeah. idea of intentional grace. Was there, and there might not be, this is just as a question really, was there a difference between the intentional grace shown and the idea of an overflow, that the grace was just... There are people I know who are just so full of grace and they're so accepting and they're just so kind and okay, so they may not be theologically perfect in stuff, but they're just good. That present too, how was that? So I would say a bit of that was present. So if I if you go back to the Acts 2 model, is that togetherness that was inbred in the church is that everything we do it together um and sometimes it's, it's not always the pleasant stuff the criticisms came with it because for the years that we spent in that church and because of the strength of that fellowship it felt as if most of our life was run around the church because our fellowship, our our friendship, our everything was around the church and around the same people. And so is it applicable in this day and age? Because that was trying to imitate the first century church intentionally. And so to to maybe our families, that was a little bit too strong for them. And in that sense, because I'm uh, when I read the the Acts two passage, I find it really interesting. Mm. I've, one of the things that's been on my mind a lot recently is how we read the New Testament, we read Jesus's teachings, we read the teachings in the New Testament, and we've had about two thousand years to get them right, yeah. and they're still really radical, <laughs> and we still haven't got them. Yeah. Um, and how that can be expressed in such different ways. Yeah. Did your wider families experience the same grace if you were? that focused on your local church 
did they experience that grace or did they just get the leftovers or was there something else? I think the context of the church was different from what they know. That's how I see it. And I think if you have a, a church model which is which does not fit what you are used to, then you find you you might not always say oh, this is a bit too much for me. Some people are happy to go, not speak, not spend too much time and just be happy to drop in and out when they want. Whereas the level of commitment, the level of fellowship, the level of you did everything together. And that's why I use that they emphasize the word fellowship too much because or rightly because that's the commonality they had was that this is how we would want to do church so it wasn't just a church even in the model of church planting from that church when they plant out churches they say you're going to start a fellowship not just a church i think with regards to the grace on family members for me i've got a small family here it's only my mom my sisters my brother so it was and we were all in the church so I guess that we were all experiencing um, the grace that was there. I would think maybe for Kwesi's, um family, it probably would have been different. I think they saw it completely different. Whereas we're doing the church, we're giving our helping hand, we're encouraging people in the church, and we're doing all of that for the church members. N- wasn't necessarily something that we gave out to somebody who was not part of the church. Mm. So I don't think I would say that they would have experienced that grace and that made it very difficult it just makes it it made it very difficult over the years Mm. for a long time because they felt that we chose it's like you chosen god and the church over family Mm. that's how it felt for them and they would describe it as that because that grace that we have somehow it, it was only for church members to experience it and i don't think that's what God's trying to say here that the grace that he's given to us is only for yeah. the people around it. Our community might not just be the church. Our community are the people around the corner, are the people that will meet in, let's say, Waitrose, or it's still, who? how do we decide who is to experience that grace that we have received and we're given? So that's one thing I'd say that would have been which kind of takes me to the next question which i'd really like you to start answering as well Mm -hmm. is so in that uh, because i don't want to denigrate that model in any Mm -hmm. manner whatsoever because it's really clear from Mm -hmm. time spent with you guys that what it has done is it's put in you this deep foundation of god's word and this deep foundation of knowing that the christian community isn't a game it's something really important and precious Mm -hmm. so my question is what were the best things that came out of your experience knowing because i know you left eventually Mm -hmm. we'll get to that Mm -hmm. but what are the best things that came out of that experience and what are the things that weren't so good that came out of that experience okay for me i think the best that came out is is getting really close to christ um putting much effort into that and i think because the model was so that we left, though, if you want to call it, quote unquote, the worldly stuff. We surrounded everything about Christ, even if sometimes we're surrounded around the church. But that made you very close to God, relying on him for like literally everything because you wouldn't rely on anybody else. And for me, that's why I always talk about that strong trust in God. And I think it stems from there that he's the giver of all things and 
putting my trust in him, I, my, I would say that for me, my trust in God is really strong. Even if there's anything going around, literally, and I think it stemmed from going to a church where everything was Christ-centered and there was no ifs and buts and sideways and alleyways. It was just God, everything to do with God. Your morning, your holiday was centered around church. Even if it was around church, your holiday, you would fix your holiday around church conferences. So your holiday would be a church conference week. So I think that central of thinking about everything about God, I think that's what I picked up from. And of course, Quasi as well. <laughs> he's a product of church. He's <laughs> a, yeah? yes, no, a good one. Yes, he's a good one. I think the only thing not so good was, again, the, seeing that strain from family life. It really had an impact on the family unit itself, that personal family unit. That was not as strong as what you would want it to be because everything was church. It was church. It wasn't husband and wife and kids or anything like that. So I think that's where I see it from my end. Quasi was in leadership, so he might see other things. Let's ask him. Shall ask him. <laughs> yes. So I think the the model is um, for me the good thing is obviously the the fellowship, the teaching, prayer. So those dedication, those spiritual disciplines, was inculcated in those years in those church. The bits which made this model work was centered a little bit around heavy shepherding. And so that was the bit that I think that's what held the community together. So what do you so can you define heavy shepherding? Yeah, I think it's a, a model of pastoral care, which uh, relies on leadership by headship and their headship. It's you have a leader and their leader. He leads what he's a shepherd and therefore shepherds looks after the flock and that in the strength of that is your pastor is your shepherd and therefore you as a believer you understand that they are accountable to them and also to god and that kind of, of model it, it is and i think it's it can have its ways in, in and there has been a lot of movements where struggled with membership as a result so of would that mean that if you disagreed with your shepherd then that was actually seen as a very negative thing absolutely absolutely yes very negative <laughs> <laughs> absolutely at this. It, yeah it would just be seen as a rebellious act <laughs> okay. yeah and, and would that be, would that be a matter of not just what you did but if you disagreed yes. yes yeah so how okay so having said all of that what I see in here there's this bit where it says they enjoyed the favour of all yeah. the people. Yeah. Now, the implication for that in, in the context, because, of course, the context is that this is rooted very firmly in rabbinic Judaism yeah. and it's growing out of rabbinic Judaism and the community aspect and family, of course, is hugely important, yeah. but that they were doing something slightly different. It yeah. wasn't massively different, actually, than rabbinic Judaism, yeah. but it was very different in that it was full of the holy spirit and you had all these miracles happening, happening yeah. and you had sharing doing things in different ways but the implication of enjoying the favor of all the people is this isn't just the community yeah. of faith this is like all the people on the edges people who aren't even part yeah. of it are yeah. giving favor because of what they're seeing yeah. did you experience that i think that what we experienced was that the people who were outside we're not seeing it and it, it made the favor will be the people in 
rather than the people outside. So initially, it will look as if that, and, and that's where the difference that we have grown to understand the grace of it, because the grace is extension from the church into the community. We want the community to feel the love of the church and the community to feel what God has birthed into overflow to the people. But it was as if that to feel it, you have to be in it. See, I think it's really important to say right now that so much good stuff yeah. came out of that church. Yeah, absolutely. In your faith, in the faith of so many people around you, I would be really surprised if people fell out of that church and fell away from faith. Yeah, yeah. They may have left the church, but actually their faith was really rooted because yeah. they were loved into it, yeah. maybe heavily sometimes, but they were loved into it. Absolutely, yeah. Why did you leave? I think we had got to a point where we needed to move on. We, again, disagreement with leadership will, will always lead to, to that. And, and yeah, and, and there was a point where you felt that this is good, but it's not sustainable for forever. And also there are certain things which you, want, you can't change. So if you can't change, then you probably need to think about how grace can be expressed somewhere else. And I think and one of the one of the books that really helped us in it is Artie Kendall's book on grace. And I think it, 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 it's because understanding unconditional grace and because if you are in such a, a strong fellowship, heavy shepherd in setting, it becomes a little bit legalistic with less experience of grace um, i just add that i remember the time we left clearly that has not left my mind it was very traumatic for me but i remember kwesi saying that you made this statement that you were not about just the church our building you were about the kingdom of god and whatever you had heard was not something that was to benefit other people outside of the church itself and that was a problem i remember it clearly because i'm like why are we living i've got literally all my friends because i came from the caribbean into the church so my friendships were birthed from the church that's where all my friends were and he said no he came from a meeting i don't know what the meeting is about i've never heard what exactly went on in that meeting but he just said i'm about kingdom business i'm not about a building so I take it they, they brought custard creams instead of bourbons. That was the issue. <laughs> <laughs> now, it must have been a really... I know from my past, choosing to leave a community where you just... You do, you love people. Yeah. And it's really hard choice. That must have been a hard decision. It was a, very, it was a really hard decision. And I think you just think about the consequence of that on the family, our friendship, all that wedding, bridal team, everything. It was just so hard. But... When I thought, I said a kingdom of, this is about the kingdom of God. And this, yeah, yeah, that's, that was the decision that I made that I think I wanted to experience grace in the kingdom more, in a sense. And did you find it? Did you go somewhere else? Did you find something? Yeah, we moved to another church. I think we prayed about it quite a bit. And then we looked around and we moved to another church and I think it was the right move how God works in terms of seeing what's ahead. You can't see it, but 
the new church that we went to, they were very accommodating, wanted to know where we came from, not just welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Where have you come from? What is your experience? What are you bringing to to us and stuff like that? And yeah, they were very gracious, I'd say. They really welcomed us, made us feel at home, made us feel that, yeah, there's a place for us that in the church and helped us to grow a bit more. Our family grew there as well. <laughs> family grew there. Yeah, and Quasi was able to to still continue his work with church work in church in terms of leadership and men's ministry like he's done, but being able to actually do men's ministry in the community, not just the church. So now so that blessing was blessing people outside blessing people of the outside, church as well as inside. Yeah, as well as inside of the church. So that was completely different. So we knew that obviously this is God because what this is what he had said that he just said it. It was an abrupt leaving of church you you <laughs> just you look like you're bit you've been traumatized by the whole thing i was traumatized. just I from was. knowing you a little bit clearly community relationships mm-hmm. friendships family are really important They're really important to me so that was it was a lot yeah so how have you found grace from god for that those wounds that hurts that are there i think it, it's being able to forgive because when we left, we, we had literally lost all our friends. It's not, I think I've lost them. They lost. And trying to think of why have they done this to me? I've been with them for, they were my bridesmaid, my maid of honour, the people I trusted with my thoughts, the people I trust, my family trusted with me. And being able to extend that forgiveness, I, I had to forgive. It didn't come straight away. I can't say that it came straight away. It came with time, having God, understanding that, you know what, God has forgiven me for all the things I've done, and I know what they are. Just think, I know what they are, and I know that if God can forgive me, all these people have done is just stop talking to me because they've been told not to talk to me. It's not like they've done it on their own. Having that heart to forgive and then going on to having a heart to actually speak to them and not bring back memories but speak to them in love like nothing not like nothing's happened but just speak to them with love and care to say i still care about them i still care about you you. yeah i love them anyways and that's not easy i don't think that's easy to just love someone who just left you hanging that's very hard and i think it takes grace to to do that it's not automatic doesn't happen outside on the street where somebody's done something really bad to you. Ah, nah, I forgive you. That's all. No, it takes time. And I think with the grace of God, it help, because you've got it, you've received it, you have it to give. I can do this. I can forgive um, the, the girls, quite a few of them. <laughs> I can forgive them in my heart. And if I see them on the street, it's okay. It's hello, how are you doing? How are your kids? How is your husband? And just talk to them as, yeah, because in my heart, I'm not carrying that bed and not carrying that noise. I've, I've let that go and that's what we're